go ahead and get started, guys. Now, some of you already let me know how uncomfortable you were in last week's meeting. So tonight, we're going to try to respect each other's boundaries. What? Tonight, we've also got a guest with us, David. And would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah. Um, hey, guys. I'm David. David. Hey, hey, hey. How many kids do you have, David? None. At least not at the moment. Uh, my wife is pregnant, and uh, she should be delivering any day now. That's great. So Super. Awesome. Who would like to go first? Anyone. Anyone. I'll go. Perfect. Todd? Yes. My daughter and I went to the mall, and she said she wanted to take the stairs to the second level. And I said, I don't trust stairs because... They're always up to something. <laughs> Todd, I'm sorry that happened. Okay. Yeah. I encourage you to try to resist the urge to make jokes like that. My turn? Okay. Can I go? Okay. Yesterday, actually, my daughter got home and she asked me how my day was. And I said, well, a guy tried to sell me a coffin, but that's the last thing I need. Oh, Jerry, that joke is dead on arrival. Because it's the last thing I need. David, how about you? Oh, I, I didn't. I didn't say this is a safe zone. Just jump on in. Yeah, I, I'm, I guess I'm just scared of being a dad. I'm afraid I'm going to start telling bad jokes just like my dad. Well, it might be in our nature. We can fight against it. Hey, speaking of nature, I tried to catch some fog yesterday. I missed. <laughs> M-I-S-T. Oh, You're a monster. I, this is where the boundary is. I'm done. This is where you are. Hello? Really? Okay, yeah, no. Uh, yeah, I'll be right there. That was Julie. Her water just broke. I guess the baby finally ran out of womb. <laughs> I'm gonna be a dad. Don't you think it should be going? Oh, yeah. I told my wife she drew her eyebrows too high. She seemed surprised. Well, happy Father's Day again. Uh, we're glad you guys are here this morning. Hey, welcome to you guys that are joining us online this morning as well. Um, we're excited about today. I know that God's got a lot in store for us today, and so we're just excited. You're here to worship with us uh, on our campus. Uh, one gift, or one, one uh, announcement in way of uh, uh, just announcing what we have going on today for dads is after after the uh, second hour, about 1030 actually, uh, there's going to be a Kona ice truck out in the back. You guys are all, all the men are going to get tickets for that, and so you're welcome to use that ticket, to give that ticket to your wife or your your kids or your grandkids, however you want to use that ticket, but all men are going to get a ticket today. Uh, enjoy that Kona ice free on us. So for you guys, it's a little, going to be a little bit early when you get out of here. So if you want to go grab some brunch and come back or sell your ticket to someone else, do whatever you want to do with your ticket. But all you guys are going to get tickets just to say happy Father's Day and that we love you and appreciate you guys uh, for leading in your families. Now, I was thinking about um, just... When we come to a time of, of communion and thinking about our Heavenly Father, you know, when I grew up, I, as a little kid, I used to think that every kid that I knew had the same experience that I had with my father. 
you think that when you're little, right? Well, everybody's got a dad that loves them and provides for them and sacrifices for them and works hard and has this unconditional love. And as you get a little bit older, you realize that not everyone has that same dad situation. And so then when we talk about a heavenly father and attribute all these earthly attributes to him, sometimes it doesn't ring as true with people because they're like, well, if my heavenly father is like my earthly father, I don't know if I want much of that relationship, right? And so then what I realized is that, you know, even though we have incredible, some of us, incredible earthly fathers, and I did, uh, growing up, my dad worked hard and sacrificed, and he showed me what it meant to get up every day and to go to work and to provide for your family and to love your family unconditionally and to discipline your kids and to love his wife. And all the things that I, as a kid, didn't recognize he was teaching me, he taught me. And then when I become a dad, it's like, oh, yeah, I learned that from him. But then when I sit and think, you know, like I said, some of us don't have that relationship and don't have that experience. And so when we say, God, you are our father, you love us, we have to kind of stop and think, well, what does that really mean? It's different than our earthly relationships. Because the sacrifice that he made for us, the love that he's shown us through his son, Jesus, th- there's really there's really nothing that, that this earth can show us that can compare to that. It's this eternal thing. It's this spiritual thing. It's this thing that is almost beyond comprehension for fathers and for kids and for us as, as humans. But when we think about what God did through Jesus... That he said, I I love my son, and I love my people. And because of, of the situation that you are in, because of your sin, there is only one way to you for you to have an eternal relationship with me that's pure and holy. And that can only come through the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. And so for a father to say that and to think that and to do that, our our heavenly father to say, I love you that much, that his blood is going to be poured out for your sins. And he is going to suffer an incredibly horrible death on a cross because of you. Uh, There's no love that we can experience like that on this earth. As much as our fathers may love us and show us that, There's no love like that. And and so when we stop for communion, that's exactly what we remember. This love of a heavenly father that says, the love that I have for you, you won't experience that anywhere else other than the relationship that we have. I love you that much. And so we pause and we take this communion this morning. So hopefully you have your cup there, that bread and that juice that reminds us of a father's love. Would you guys pray with me? Lord God in heaven, we thank you for today. And God, I thank you for the, the time right now that we have the pause to contemplate, to just sit in awe of your love and your sacrifice. 
the sacrifice of your one and only son, Jesus, on that cross for us. And so as we take this bread that reminds us of his body and we drink this juice that reminds us of the blood that was shed for our sins, we just are blown away by our Father's love. God, we thank you for that this morning. And we can never repay you for that. All we can do is say we worship you, we love you, and we will live our lives following you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. church and stay together and sing about the impossible things our God has done. Sing this out together, just one word. And just one word, you heal the storm that surrounds me. And just one word, the darkness has to
church. Happy Father's Day. Man, I just love worship. And that, that, that song right there, when it talks about it's your breath in our lungs. And I just think about so many of my friends that, uh, that right now have gone through some issues with their lungs. And I'm just thinking about that, that feeling of, of God filling us up and, and allowing us to breathe and allowing them to breathe and, and just wanting to praise him uh, for that. And, oh, man, oh, man, that's not even in the thing, so i got to get back on track or we'll be here until third service. All right, uh, if you are worshiping online, man, we're so glad. It, it's so cool every week seeing the people that are online uh, literally all over the world. Uh, all over the world because of the time difference. Some of them watch it at, at different times and they catch a delay thing. Our brother Youssef in Pakistan watches. It's a nine-hour time difference. So I guess maybe they're, they're almost getting ready for bed or something like that tonight. So uh, it's just cool to be able to see that. So if you're watching online, hope you got your Bible and, and a pen and some things to take notes. Uh, if you would, in the comment bar, just type uh, where you're at, where you're watching, who's watching, uh, and we're glad you're here. We hope you had a really really good week and I'm ready to jump in uh, to this teaching of Jesus. As we journey through these, these few chapters here, kind of in the middle of the gospel of Luke in our big, our, our big mega series for the year, focusing on Jesus. And we're in this mini series about Jesus being the head of the church. And there's some things that he modeled for people. Now, remember the church hasn't been started yet. The church started, uh, later in the book of Acts, but here in, in Luke's gospel, he records these things that Jesus was doing and showing that would be precursors, be things about the way the church should function, uh, in in reality and last week we saw how the church was a, a place where needs are met and today we want to jump in uh, to see how the church is has got to be a place where truth is told you know we live in a world of fake news right we live in a world of fake news false reporting and and, and really very little truth being told anywhere but sometimes Sometimes it's not that they're lying. Sometimes just people make mistakes. You know, they, they just say things. And sometimes they say, like, even goofy things and weird things. And, and sometimes they even type those things. And, and you know, I, some of the best ones are ones that I have seen over the years that we've, we've kept a list of, of things that, that showed up in church bulletins that should have never shown up in church bulletins. The day before spell check or, or somebody catching some of these things. And, and it wasn't that they were not telling the truth. It was just like, it, how did that get in print? Like, some of these things, for instance, like, here's, here's one. The sermon this morning, Jesus walks on water. The sermon tonight, searching for Jesus. I don't know. That just doesn't go together, it doesn't seem like. Or this one. Ladies, don't forget the rummage sale. It's a chance to get rid of those things not worth keeping around the house. Don't forget your husbands. Yeah, happy Father's Day. Yeah, on that one. I like this one. The, the, <laughs> the peacemaking meeting scheduled for today has been canceled due to conflict. Yeah, how'd that get there? For those of you who have children and don't know it, they're, they're, I'm sure that comma was supposed to be somewhere else, all right? We have a nursery downstairs. Like, oops, we got kids. The low self-esteem support group will meet next Thursday at 7 p.m. Please use the back door. 
<laughs> and then here, here, Weight Watchers will meet at 7 p.m. Please use the large double door at the side entrance. How did that get in print anywhere? Who, who put that out somewhere for anybody to see? You see, finding real truth today is really hard. Years ago, Edward, Edgar Allan Poe wrote, Believe half of what you see and nothing of what you hear. Believe half of what you see and nothing of what you hear. I don't know that we would consider him that, but Edgar Allan Poe apparently was a prophet. Uh, Marcus Aurelius said, everything we hear is an opinion, not a fact. Everything we see is a perspective, not the truth. I, I hear this talk all the time about fake news. But I've had, ever since I started hearing this, I've got this question. Who determines whether or not it's fake? I think a lot of times it seems like that depends on whether or not it's something you want to hear or not. And if you don't want to hear it, people just say, well, that's fake news. It's, it's not real. But Jesus hits the people with some news today in Luke chapter 13. So we're going to start about verse 22. That some of them didn't really want to hear. They would have just as soon written it off as fake news or not real. It, it starts, in, in, and we've all got those things. I mean, we, Jason was talking about his, his dad, and I've got the same thing with my dad. And we're blessed to have great dads, but I mean, I'll be honest. There were some lessons my dad taught me that I really didn't want to hear. <laughs> I really didn't want to hear, especially not at that time. Not now, Dad. No, no, we need to, te- we need to teach. But we all got those things when there's, there's, there's real truth that comes that, that we really don't want to hear. It's kind of hard to swallow. Verse 22 of Luke 13, Jesus went through the towns and villages teaching as he made his way to Jerusalem. And someone asked him, Lord, are only a few people going to be saved? And then look up here, look what he said. Look how Jesus responds to that question. Are only a few people going to be saved? He said, make every effort to enter through the narrow door, the narrow gate. Because many, I tell you, will try to enter and will not be able to. Once the owner of the house gets up and closes the door, locks the door, you will stand outside knocking and pleading, Sir, open the door for us. But he will say, I'm sorry, I don't know you or where you have come from. How many of you people, one of the last things you do before you lay down at night is make sure the front door is locked. You go and lock the front door. And, and Jesus says, there's this, there's this small door. There's this narrow gate. There's this period of time where you have the opportunity to accept Jesus. You have the opportunity to accept me and to follow me, and then the door is going to be closed. Someone asks, are only a few going to be saved? Really, you know what that breaks down to? His ultimate question that he really wanted to know but was afraid to hear the answer was, am I going to be okay? And then really what it comes down to, like, you know, am, I, am I good? Am I good? So the rich young ruler went to Jesus and said, I've, I followed all these commandments. I've done all these things. By chance, could there possibly be anything else that I need to do? He says, am I good? Am I okay? And that's what this guy's asking Jesus. See, I, I think one of the issues that we've got to deal with today is we're living in this world of universalism where people want to believe that everyone who dies immediately goes to heaven. Every time I see anything about a death, I see, I mean, on social media, every response, because nobody wants to say anything like, not like this. Sometimes maybe you just should say nothing. But everybody says, oh, well, at least they're in a better place. Are we sure? 
I, I mean, based on some, based on anything earthly, anything that we can see, any fruits that we talked about last week, based on, are we sure? Because here's what Jesus also said uh, in John chapter 14. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. So, so what, is, what is the truth? That sounds like a pretty narrow gate. I am the only way. I'm the only door. I'm the only pathway. 18 years ago, last Thursday, history buffs, 18 years ago, last Thursday, American Idol debuted, hit the scene, burst on the American airways. In, in the last period of time since there have been 18 winners, and some of the early ones are the ones that have really, really, really made it big. Early winners like Kelly Clarkson, uh, like Ruben Studdard, like Carrie Underwood, like Jordan Sparks. They became significant, significant stars. But there were always those, I don't know, maybe we've got a sick mind at our house or whatever. Our favorite American Idol shows are not the finals. They're the early ones with the tryouts. And we became, you know, fans of people like William Hung and uh, uh, Mary Roach, who was so bad. She was so bad. And then wanted to argue with Simon about why she wasn't bad. She was awful. And, and what that, all it really says is these people, <laughs> these people that cut, think they should be on American Idol, they either don't have any friends or their friends are lying to them. Because that was the thing she kept saying. My friends all tell me I'm great. And like, well, then you, you need to get new friends. They're not being honest with you. Because here's the problem, though. We're afraid to be honest, aren't we? I mean, because of all the things that are at fake news, you're lying. We're afraid to be honest at times. Here's the interesting thing about American Idol. And a long list of other shows with judges. And this was in Esquire magazine way back in 2010, this article. It said, in this time of bitter division and strife, <laughs> seemed like that was today, but it was actually 10 years ago. The, the one thing we see, uh, we seem to agree on is that we like shows with judges. We'll watch people who can't cook, people who can't sing, people who can't design clothes, and people who do poor imitations of forgettable ballroom routines just so long as someone's fate hangs in the balance of our almighty opinion. The article went on to say, the sense of entitlement to judge everyone and everything all day and every day feeds and fuels our pop culture appetite. It finds its broadcast most democratic expression in the American Idol format. The judges conform to the typologies of the industry pro, the softy, and the hard man. And the hard man in this time and period was Simon Cowell. He's the only one whose opinion really matters anyway. All around the world, this article said, singers will listen politely to the compliments or the criticisms of the softy or the pro, but their faces light up when the hard men tells them that they have talent. They assume that to be the truth. In the movie, A Few Good Men, many of you know the movie, there's one great line. There's one great line in the movie, Colonel Nathan Jessup, who's played by Jack Nicholson, is being questioned by Lieutenant Daniel Caffey, who's played by uh, uh, Tom Cruise, and Caffey, or Cruise, yells at Jessup, I want the truth, to which Jessup strongly responds, what? You can't handle the truth. Hmm. 
That seems pretty prophetic to me. If I'm completely honest with you, today, 2020, I struggle with truth. I struggle with truth because I don't know who or what to believe. No one seems to know the truth. For four months now, we've wanted to know the truth about this virus. But does anyone really know? And do we really want to know the truth, the origin, how it all plays out? What do we do with the truth? And when we say we want the truth about some of these horrible circumstances that have once again caused racial tension around the world, we really need to ask ourselves, can we handle the truth? Can we handle the truth? The commitment I made for the last three weeks or four weeks on this racial issue, I want to learn. Every day I'm watching and reading because I want to learn because I'm finding out there's a whole bunch of stuff I didn't know. Do we really want to know the truth? And, and while we want to know the truth about a virus and while we want to know the truth about all the racial issues, while we want to know the truth about anything that's going on in the world, do we understand what truth is? See, there is this tension with truth. And in a biblical world, in a biblical world, there's this tension. The Bible talks about this tension between truth and grace. Now, let's be honest. Let's be, we all love grace, right? I, I, I mean, from the time we're little. When we're in the time we're little and our dads are telling us things that we don't want to hear. or, or get, we, we love grace, right? Because grace is unmerited favor. It's what we don't deserve. It's I want things to work out. I want to be okay. That's what this guy's asking Jesus. Only if you're going to go to heaven, am I going to be okay? We love grace. But when you try to introduce truth into a world that can't handle the truth, really doesn't want the truth, there's going to be tension. Jesus, the head of the church, Here's what Jesus did. You might want to write this down, tweet this out, whatever. Jesus came to introduce grace without compromising truth. Did you get that? Jesus' goal was to introduce grace to a sin-filled world without compromising truth. See, our world's living in this tension between truth and grace. Right now, it really is. Right now, it's living in this tension between truth and grace, and we really don't know. And, and I've, I've showed you this before, but I don't know if the camera can get this. It's like, I, I want to imagine it's like this rubber band. You know, a rubber band is worthless without tension, right? I mean, what does a rubber band do if there's no tension? It just kind of lays there. A rubber band that is not tense has zero purpose in life. You can use it to bind things up, or you can use it to hold things together, you can use it to connect things. But if there is no tension, this rubber band is worthless. It doesn't mean anything. And if you were to imagine this being my truth hand, and this being my grace hand, there's got to be this, this tension that connects the two. Because suddenly, if I start pulling really hard with this hand, the rubber band is either going to snap or fall off, and, and there, it's just hanging on truth. It's just, it's just hanging there. But what a lot of us would like to do is we would like the reverse of that to happen. We don't want to deal with this. We can't handle the truth. So we would love 
we would love for it just to hang on grace. See, what, what Jesus came to do was to introduce grace into the world while not compromising truth. And, and that's going to bring a certain amount of tension. It, it, it's like the mighty oak tree that stands firm in its place, that doesn't move. The wind blows and it doesn't move. It's solid. The trunk doesn't sway back and forth. It's not moving. It's truth. It's solid. But what else is part of the oak tree? A whole bunch of branches that are spread out that will take some of the some of the waving we were having some trees trimmed in our backyard a couple years ago and and fascinating to watch and the guys if you've ever seen that they get up in those really big trees and they tie off on the harnesses and they swing around on the ropes with a chainsaw hanging off their belt i'm like that's not an accident waiting to happen is it and and there's this guy's up there doing it and we were trimming one of our trees and getting some dead stuff out and he told me something that fascinated me we've got this huge oak tree that's like right off our back deck and it's where the bird nest was last week that i told you about and he said this he said if anybody else is ever here trimming don't let them trim too many branches because if the tree were to fall the branches provide the cushion see if the solid truth of that you he said you don't want that trunk coming through your house that's not going to end well it's truth it's solid but if it's not balanced and if it's not cushioned with some some grace you could have a catastrophe see what the world a certain part of the world is wanting to do is they're wanting to give a lot of this they're wanting to take the trunk of the oak tree and throw it right through your house and too many people are wanting to just throw some branches on top of the roof they have to come together there has to be the the solid truth of the trunk balanced with the tension of branches that are there to provide shade and or provide safety if the tree were to fall. See, there's this balance, this tension that we all have to live in. But there's this gap in between truth and grace. There is this gap, and that's where the tension lies. I want to do a survey here real quick. Kim put this out for some of the ladies this week, but I want to ask everybody's got to participate. Uh, it's Father's Day. Dad, you, you, men, you've really got to participate. Okay, here we go. I'm going to give you some options, and you have to raise your hand, whichever option applies to you, okay? You buy something new. It's in a big, big box, okay? You buy something new, and you open the box, and you find the directions, okay? Okay, you find the directions for whatever it is. You let it be whatever it was that you last tried to put together. Okay, you open the box, you find the directions. What do you do? Number one, throw them away. All right, we got at least a few honest people. Okay, number two, save them just in case. Anybody number two? All right, save them just in case. Number three, glance through them. Just kind of glance through them. All right. Number four, read them from beginning to end. Okay, far more female hands than male hands just went up. Number five, follow the instructions to a T. Wow, <laughs> very few there. <laughs> That's getting kind of scary. All right. So here, all right, you, you got those options. Now listen to this. When it comes to knowing God's truth, we have those very same options. 
we can know the Bible is there and never look at it. Maybe we don't actually throw it away, but we never look at it. We can keep it on the shelf or the coffee table just in case we might need it or like the preacher or Jesus stops over. You know, we want to have it kind of around, all right? We can glance through it occasionally on Sunday morning, dust it off, carry it into church. We can read it beginning to end every year or we can actually live by it to a T. Can you handle the truth? Can we handle the truth? See, there's a, there's a difference in understanding uh, the understanding of truth from a, from a secular perspective, a, a spiritual perspective, a biblical perspective. You might, if you got your phone, you might want to take some pictures of these things on the screen or try to jot them down. Let's look first of all at a worldview and the differences of it. Hit that next slide now. There we go. Uh, no, we already went through those. Click, 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 five of them. Boom, 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 boom. All right, next one. There we go, from the worldview. The secular worldview is self-centered. It says we're kind of just here by chance. God's really not interested. Okay, even if he did create things, which we're really not sure he did, he doesn't care now, and he's just up there. Okay, that's a secular worldview. A spiritual worldview, and here's where it gets confusing. No, go back, go back, go back, go back. All right, a spiritual worldview is is seeking but believing there's many different truths i just want to be spiritual you ever don't don't point or, or nudge anybody but you ever had anybody tell you I, i'm a really spiritual person typically a really spiritual person just wants to have these like like discussions about extra you know things like, but there's all kinds of truths but the last one the biblical one is god-centered we're here with a purpose can you handle the truth? Go to the next one now. The next one's all about values, all right? Uh, values from a secular point of view, it says there are no absolutes. If it feels good, do it. In other words, there's no truth. There is no truth, all right? The spiritual is like there's, there's a tolerance, whatever feels best, all things are true, like all paths lead to heaven, all good dogs go to heaven, whatever, that kind of philosophy. All truth. All right, secular says there's no truth. Spiritual says, yeah, it's all truth. But biblically, biblically, God is truth. I decrease, as Jesus, or as John said, I must decrease so that he might increase. God is truth. Can you handle the truth? That's the question. And finally, the last one is our behavior. Secular worldview is very self-serving. It's all about me. Spiritual worldview is very other-serving, and they're out there doing all kinds of great human action and things like that, but not necessarily even mentioning God or Jesus. They're just doing nice things, good things. And then there's a biblical principle that is just all about serving God. How much truth do you really want? Your truth Real truth, God's truth. See, the bottom line in all of this is when it comes to practicing absolute truth, we have to want to before we can surrender and learn how to. So what do you do? 
What do you do with this? In Joshua chapter 1, the Old Testament, three times God tells Joshua, do not be afraid, be strong, be courageous. If we want to know the truth, we want to live by the truth, there's a certain level where we just got to be strong and courageous and trust God. Because as followers of Jesus, we have a strong, we have to be strong and courageous enough to live in truth. And at the same time, walk in grace and find the right tension between the two. Let's pray. God, thanks. Thanks for so much for today. Thanks for a time of worship. God, help us to find the balance. But let us be rooted in truth. Father, I pray that this, this city on a hill that's a light to Shelby County and surrounding communities and literally the world, that this city on a hill will always, always, always be founded in truth, anchored in truth. And God, I pray that that truth will spill over into our individual lives and that that question that was asked, are only a few going to be saved? Well, it really comes down to, are we willing each of us to choose each of us individually choose to follow jesus to follow his truth allow him to be not only our savior but our lord so god i pray that if there are folks that need to make that choice today that they would do that in the powerful powerful name of jesus amen all right so what do we do with all this if if today the music, the teaching, whatever has caused you to understand that you need to make some kind of decision for Christ, I'll be hanging around down here at the front after service. Or right now you can get your phone, or if you're watching online, you can get your phone right now and you can text or call 502-487-4527 and someone will get back with you immediately to talk to you about that decision. You, you can check out all our stuff that's going on at church on the website, uh, shelbychristian.org. A lot of you guys know that, but if you're watching online especially uh, shelbychristian.org don't forget about that don't forget about the kona ice truck uh, you'll get tickets and guys will get tickets every man eight, 18 year old will get a ticket on the way out today don't forget the kona ice truck but you guys kind of have to go get breakfast and come back all right it start you'll be here at 10 30 and then the last thing just real quickly i need to let you know is that this has definitely been a season of change and times are changing and things like that and so uh, it is with uh, with sorrow, but also just it's part of life. Uh, we want to let everybody know that uh, Alex, our children's pastor, uh, has uh, decided or felt like God's calling her elsewhere. And so she will be ending her time on staff this summer. Uh, we're not sure on the exact date, and she's very uh very conscious about making sure we make a transition so we're in the process of making a a looking and getting ready to hire a new children's pastor so that she can kind of hand the baton alex has done a great job she grew up in our church uh, from the time she was in uh, late elementary middle school went to college came back and has just done a phenomenal job Uh, this last year there's been some things that have gone on with her health and things that have been tough Uh, but she just felt like god's calling her somewhere and someone when somebody says god's calling me to do something i say you better follow you better follow that right away so uh and she's actually not here today 
because she's not feeling well today. But over the next couple, three weeks, you see her. Uh, be sure to thank her, send her a card, something like that. If you want to do uh, something like that, then you need to just call the church office and we can hook you up with an address. And the search is already in progress and, and hopefully it's not going to be much of a, a period of time there in transition. But just want to let you guys know about that. Happy Father's Day. So glad that you guys are here. You, this service rocks. All right, I'm just going to let you know, you, this service is already back to like 80% of where it was pre-COVID. You guys are killing the other services, all right? So way to go. Uh, have a great day. Uh, dads, men, get your ticket in your way out. Uh, now get out of here and go out there and social distance so we can clean up for the next crew. Have a great week.